Blink three times when you feel it kicking in that Welcome back to season six of Flop Stars, this series where we celebrate albums that are close to our hearts that may not have zoomed up the charts. This week, we have an ultimate flop star. We've done it once before, and I've been waiting to bring this album back since it was released, to be honest. It came out last year. It is Lord's third album, Solar Power, a trip to the beach that actually angered quite a lot of people, given how chill she was about it. <laughs> Nick Kelly, how are you? Good, Sam. I'm looking forward to unpacking this one from an artist who you absolutely adore. I mean, for you... First things first, where does this album sit in the Lord discography for you? Um, well, here's my Lord thing. So I love Lord, obviously, as most of the podcast listeners would know. Um, yep. It's heavily based on melodrama because I don't particularly like pure heroin. Um, but yep. this album in my Lord ranking would be at second for me, quite comfortably. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'll leave it at that for now. What about you? Mid-tier. Um, look, I Not am going to be completely... She's only got three albums. It's, you did, like, yeah, I wasn't that's why it's in the mid- it. it's Smack bang in the middle. Yeah, well, against Melodrum, like one of the best pop in this... albums of the decade. In the sandwich. Um, for me, this album barely raised a blip on my radar when it came out. And I hardly gave it the time of day, but I adored the first single and I loved what she was trying to do with the record. That is my early take. Wait, you didn't give this album the time of day at the time? Nah. Nah. Wow. I skimmed through it. So this is like quite a fresh... um, Yeah, this is the first deep dive listen that I've done on it. I loved Solar Power as a single and then it all kind of just sort of fell to the wayside for me with more exciting pop coming out at the time. Um, and you know, it was a very weird time for music as well, being sort of like mid to late pandemic. Um, and and, you know, I, it sort of spawned on from there a number of albums that kind of felt like they were in the same sort of, you know, realm. We talked about Carly Rae Jepsen just last week and it sort of spawned on this, this world of people sort of like stripping their shit and stripping down all of the, the kind of pomp and pageantry that comes with pop music and getting back to their roots a little bit to varying degrees of success. Well, let me tell you for context that three songs from this album were in my top five Spotify wrapped last year. Okay, yeah, that's telling you something, isn't it? That's telling you quite something. (laughs) And I don't know whether I necessarily loved this album to begin with either. I'm still not sure whether I love this album. It changes for me all the time. But I don't know, something obviously resonated with me with it and i'm surprised to be honest that it doesn't resonate with more people because to me this is the post-pandemic album that summarizes it best without going into the the disaster of the situation because obviously there's two ways you can react to the pandemic there's the um mental and physical turmoil that it caused for a lot of people or there's that um kind of calm that you had to find because there was just fucking nothing else to do (laughs) and obviously this one goes for the latter approach and finds lord almost completely isolated melodrama was a record um inspired very heavily by her early 20s in new york city which is obviously absolute chaos 
this record is what happens when you pull yourself away, take yourself back home, give you time, time to think, the space to think, um, yeah. a little bit of nar- a few narcotics involved, but chill narcotics. Not she's not going for party poppers or pill party poppers. Party poppers. <laughs> and I am <laughs> sixty three years old. Happy <laughs> it's a mushroom acid weed vibe, um, but I think that. Yeah, I think that it captures that calm really beautifully. And I will say that at first lesson, it's definitely not as exciting as melodrama, but it's not what she was going for. And I think that people unfairly went into this with an idea of what it was going to be and were disappointed when it didn't match their complete expectation of what they saw solar power to be. There was a massive framework around what Lord was and the expectations that we had for Lord at this point. And I think, you know, after Pure Heroine, there was obviously that expectation already, you know, for this young, emergent pop star who'd come out with one of the biggest debut albums of all time to come back with a second act, which she absolutely obliterated. You almost have to go the polar opposite to cut through on the third. You know, we've talked about this a few times that it's almost like pop in in the 2020s has the difficult third album issue more than the difficult second album issue. Yeah. And this absolutely was was potentially going to have that. But I think Lord has always been incredible at taking you right to a place, taking you right into a moment and into a feeling. She's amazing at capturing the human condition with that incredibly dry wit of hers. And you're right, in, in the pandemic, there were those two options. There were those options to either be sad in what it had be, what had become of you and what had become of the world or there was an opportunity to well I can't go anywhere I can't tour I may as well appreciate what I've got around me and this obviously takes that latter approach I mean yeah. it all starts in the path I mean when she's what, what did she said I won't t- won't take the call if it's the label or the radio yeah um you know she's completely checked out um and you know she's also having a conversation in that track about the savior complex that we then heard Kendrick kind of unpack, you know, this year, um, about, yeah, like I am, I am not your savior. And she's almost, you know, she's done that a few times, you know, back to team, you know, talking about the idea of being on, on one another's kind of, you know, level. She's always tried to do that with her fans. And I think this is more of a moment where she stepped out of the Hollywood bubble and she is back to that kind of coastal girl that she started as. Um, And then, you know, early on in the album as well in California, when you hear her talk about, you know, getting presented her Grammys by Carole King, um, you know, and and this is almost the absolute polar opposite Which is such a brilliant line, I think. Oh, it's perfect. Like the world erupted, the room erupted and I knew that things would never be the same. Yes. That's when the door slammed. Open, shut. <laughs> Something like open. That. Open. <laughs> it ju- it ju- it slammed open, and then one a door stopper was placed. And they in said, it "I'm glad point. you came," or something like that. <laughs> yeah, but it's just we've been such, expecting you. It's a great line. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> it is no, no. You're exactly right. I mean, that was the moment we ask artists all the time. You know, when was the moment you realised this was a thing? Now. You know, and yeah. it's a conversation I love having with artists who were kind of emergent. You know, was there a particular pinpoint moment when you realised, oh, shit, this is happening? And often they have a moment. Um, you know, it's not just a feeling that bubbles up. There is a, an actual fork in the road moment where they go, oh, shit, it's all happening now. Um, yeah. And that was hers. And, and so you hear a reflective on that, but in a really calm way, in a calm and considered and thought out way. And then we kind of get through the rest of the album and she's, almost trying to talk to the girl that she was before all this happened and try and reconnect with her across this entire album. Um, And, you know, I think she does it really well 
most of the time, but there are moments where it sort of meanders a little bit and feels a little bit flat and boring to me. Um, but when she hits that moment, when she does hit, you know, those particular moments in her life that have been really meaningful, I think she does it masterfully. Yeah. What what moments would you say that she does that at? Like are we um, talking California? I think California is probably the perfect moment of talking about what was. And then I think the moments like Domino's and Big Star kind of, you know, the, the more self-reflective and, and they're kind of kind of opposite sort of songs. You know, Domino's yeah. is sort of just a cute and funny, almost self-deprecating and, yeah. you know, deprecating of the whole, you know, condition of other people as well. And then obviously Big Star being, you know, that emotional moment that's reconnecting her to her family and, and her puppy. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I think they're the moments where she gets really sort of introspective and, and is able to kind of unpack what has happened and what she wants to get back to in a sense as well. Um, but then you've got these songs like The Man with the Axe, which is essentially just a boring poem and it's like it just starts to get a little bit flat for me at points. Um, I, I think Fallen Fruit, like... Go, go, girl! Get no, the not fallen fruit. No, fallen but, fruit is one of the most important moments on the album. Okay, talk to me about fallen fruit then. I feel like fallen fruit's the only moment that bridges solar power and melodrama. Like when it goes into the that really dark bit when she starts like singing quickly, and it's the only time you get any kind of like electronic elements. And I think it's such an such an important moment, and also captures the like. Um, climate activist vibe that she was going for kind of not always successfully but I, yeah. I feel like Fallen Fruit Fruit's one of the absolute highlights from the album It definitely stands out it's definitely, you know it's definitely a unique moment on the album I feel like I've used the word unique 40 times already Unique? But, um, unique New York but I don't know, it just feels like I like the escapism of a lot of this record and I like you know, it sort of feels very reflect. And no, but you're right; it is reflective of that as well. And but do yeah. you think that it, it's? I don't know. Does this album feel chill to you? Because I think the biggest mistake, and I don't know if it's a mistake that the marketing team made, or whether it's just something that the press took and run with. But this being like Lord's found happiness spin on the album, because that's not the vibe I get from this album at all. Not at all. In fact, I think there's a deep sadness to a lot of this record Such as well. Such a sadness. Um, almost, you know, when she is being sort of self-deprecating or being or taking the piss out of other people on some of the songs, and, you know, Mood Ring's a, a good example of this as well, it's almost like a sadness that we've gotten as a species to this point of, like, you know, these weird fixations on things that genuinely do not matter to the human condition and their reflections yeah. that you can only have when you're taking a moment out of it. Um, yeah, it, it's definitely, and obviously, you know, Big Star is, is an obvious, you know, sad song, but even beyond the sad songs, the subject matter is actually quite kind of devastating about, yeah, where we've gotten to, where we've gotten to as a, as a human race. Um, it's definitely not a, you know, there are a couple of moments of freedom in there, you know, in Solar Power and Oceanic Feeling, but not all of it is, you know, light and breezy. In fact, a very small amount of it is light and breezy. It's just that the production and the, the kind of sound and feel of it all can feel light and breezy while she's actually unpacking some pretty serious stuff. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, she does find that calm at points, but she's mm. kind of really actively trying to find that calm through whichever way. Like if you have to retreat to a beach and 
kind of disappear into mushrooms or acid or or weed to find that it's it doesn't necessarily mean you found that kind of still and that happiness and i think over this she's been touring the last few months and kind of writing emails and saying how she feels as if she has the bangers starting to come out of her again and i think it's because this state was forced for her in a way because i think that she was trying to reclaim some kind of loss of innocence obviously royals blew up and she was incredibly incredibly young and so she never got to have that kind of teenage childhood of just hanging out at the beach and just doing very normal stuff and i don't think it's possible to then go back after you've had all this success and try and reclaim that and try and find that calm again because you've got this baggage that comes with it and so often we're caught in in solar power in between moments like solar power where it's pure joy and a moment like the man and the axe or stoned at the nail salon where she says like i've got hundreds of gowns i've got paintings in frames and a throat that fills with panic every festival day dutifully falling apart for the princess of norway it's like i've got all this shit but for what (laughs) you know yeah exactly and then you know that's a reflection on the day and then she's writing this stuff on the days where basically her days consist of getting stoned and going to the nail salon or getting stoned and watching movies. And, you know... Which is fun for a bit, but, like, more than four days of that for me. Actually, more than two days of that for me, and I'd be out. (laughs) I get paranoid. I get paranoid. I I need a city. I need a Sephora. (laughs) (laughs) I need a Starbucks. (laughs) I I think you touched on something really important that I kind of, you know, I can relate to on a a much, much smaller level. But I remember when I first started seeing a psychologist when I was a couple. Um... (laughs) When I best, but they gave me like best, um, like best bloody production on a children's movie, um, <laughs> in a foreign language. That's the Grammy that I would get. That's impressive because I didn't know you spoke foreign languages or worked in children's film. Four, four of them. I speak Simlish, you see. <laughs> um, on a much smaller level, obviously, but when I first started seeing a psychologist when I was uh, 18. And I'd kind of been doing the radio thing since I was about 15 and like I'd missed a lot of school because I was, you know, following my career and stuff. And he kind of identified that a lot of my like um, anxiety and and stuff had been built up because I missed a developmental step essentially from sort of being immersed in an adult world in some really important, you know, years of my teenage life. And, you know, even being 27 now, I can still feel the effects of that to some extent as well. Um, And obviously on a much bigger and more macro level, that's exactly what Lord's gone through. And it's very difficult and it's very, it's, it's un, it's almost unfixable. You can't go and be 16 and 17 again. You don't get a chance to do that. You've just got to work with what you've got. And when, you know, Lord gets to her mid-20s by the point that, you know, this album comes around and she's actually got a chance to reflect and reconnect. And also this is probably the first time that she's had a chance to actually understand that she's missed a moment in her life and that she has missed out on some stuff. Um, Because when you're in the motion of it and when it's all when it's all happening, you don't get a moment to go, well, I could be doing this. You know, yeah. I, I could be relaxing on a beach with my boyfriend. No. But what's interesting is, could you have done it? Because I feel like you and I are quite similar, where 15, 16, 17, I disappeared into music, which is probably where most of my knowledge of pop music comes from, from those like yeah. years where I spent a lot of time studying music as kind of like a... Um, I don't know, a defense or an escape from whatever was going on. And then I'm like, did I miss parts of that? 
that point in my life. And then I'm like, you know, you really didn't in the end because you would have always done that. And I think it's the same with Lord. Yeah. Like, given her chance again, she would have always chosen the, the music route and the Royals route. But it doesn't mean that you can't think back and, and feel like you have missed something in that. No. And, and that's the other thing. You've got that side of your brain that understands that life is just whatever it is. Life is just whatever it, it throws at you and you can't relive moments. You only get one chance. This is all sounding so yeah. wishy-washy, but you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, But exactly it's the point of said. the album and the album is wishy-washy, you know? Yeah. It never it really is. settles. What it just like, Oceanic Feeling, which it ends up on, is maybe one of the most wishy-washy songs of all time. Yeah. And it catches tangents like, tangents like the wind. And yep. at the end says, oh, was enlightenment found? No, but I'm trying, taking it one year at a time. You know, like it's, Dang. you're never going to find it. And I think that uh, this album does a great job at just concluding at the end. Like, you know what? I'm just, if I'm enjoying myself, that's enough. And I'm not sure if yep. she is the full time, but she, you know, oceanic feeling sounds nice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's nice for a sun- nice for a sunny day. I mean, it was a sunny day where I was yesterday listening to this album again, and you know, it, it met the moment very nicely. It's a very Does it hit time. on a sunny day? Because I remember it really hit um, last year in summer because it obviously came out yeah. in um, Northern Hemisphere summer. It wasn't summer for you guys when it came out. No. And we're recording this coming into, you know, this has genuinely been the very, the very first week of warmer weather where I am yeah. in, in many months. And, you know, yesterday afternoon on the balcony listening to this in the sunshine, it was actually perfect. And that's, I think, what I... But, but when I did hear it in the winter, when I very first heard it, I have a very distinct memory of that feeling of summer coming yeah. into me. And I'm talking... This is when I very first heard Solar Power, the single. That yeah. feeling of sunshine and warmth and diving into the ocean was instant. And then the video is exactly what was in my head when I very first heard the song as well. Yeah. And so I, I, I don't think there are many that do it better than her when it comes to capturing a moment, painting the picture of that moment. Greenlight was the same. Greenlight was the same when it was it, the freneticness of it. And, you know, you feel like you're in a car crash in the middle of a built-up city. Yeah. That's what that song Absolutely. feels like. And the very polar opposite with solar power and to be able to evoke not just a feeling, but literal, you know, almost four dimensional warmth in in you is is such a gift. And Lord has that in absolute abundance. And it met a vibe for me that I'm confused as to why others didn't feel that way either. Like, like at the end of the pandemic, well, it felt last summer here that the pandemic was quote unquote over and people were yeah. starting to gather once more, but there was still kind of a, a space to it, you know, like nobody was packing clubs or like f- festivals, or I guess it was happening in, in parts of America, but not not widely. And this yeah. album really met that moment in the same way that Beyonce's Renaissance meets the moment this year where it's like all about reconnecting, all about being together and just like dancing your tits off at a club, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, there is there is an inference to seasonal affective disorder in the very start of the path as well. She kind of talks about how shitty, you know, the feeling of the cold kind of is and it sort of, you know, encourages her not to want to engage with anyone. Yeah. Um, and... You know, maybe for me, and, and she kind of talked about this when she was um, with, with Oceanic Feelings, she mentioned this in, in Genius, um, that she wanted to create that feeling of sunshine. And 
Yeah. She has obviously wants to do that as an antidote to that feeling of cold. And that the gift to be able to do that is just is is an astounding thing. Yeah. Um, and and she's amazing at it. She's incredible at it. Should we play a song game? Let's do it. Let's go. What is All it? Right. Flop stars. So this time we're doing Lord versus songs of beachside poptimism. So when Lord yes. announced this album and she was doing the press tour for it, she confused a lot of people by saying two of her influences for this album were Natalie Imbruglia and S Club 7. And then I think mm-hmm. she also met, mentioned Robbie Williams as well in another quote. And they are not references that anybody would make. Um, I think Lord's been criticised at times for being a highbrow pop artist and kind of being a little bit wanky with what she says. So to hear her go and name check S Club 7. But I think what she was meaning is she wanted to throw it back to a time in terms of sound where there was a naivety to pop music. I mean, everything's so heavy now when you think about the biggest pop stars right now. Everybody's got like carries a lot of weight with their music. So to think of a time when like some a group like S Club 7 was killing it is quite interesting. And to bring that into Lord's world, a pop star that's always been boxed in as being quite dark, I thought was a really interesting vibe. So we're going to put songs from this album against songs from that period of beachside, Poptimism or Optimism. Let's go. First one is Solar Power. Sometimes when you feel it kicking in that Versus Bring It All Back by S Club 7. Ah! This is so difficult. I never would have thought I would struggle to put S Club 7 up against a Lord song. But, yeah. I mean, it's just a perfect pop song, isn't it? Bring It All Back. It's it's absolutely perfect. And for me, and I think because I'm Lord's age, you know, th- there's a really, really particular moment when I was six, seven, maybe eight where I was first hearing these kinds of songs and the This Is How We Party by Soap. And, you know, I just have to sti- I have a distinct memory of that on the Barbie Pool Party uh, soundtrack. Yeah. Um, so it, it just is so formative to me that this I almost This Is How We Party is it. such a good one. It's a perfect song. <laughs> and it just, it's that like Swedish influence, that early Britney, that yeah. kind of sound has just not been recreated in an authentic way. It was so authentic when it first came out. It wasn't, che- it wasn't trying to be cheesy. Um, it wasn't trying to be ironic. It was a, a, yeah. an actually really special moment in pop. Um, but I don't know. It, it's a really hard one because Solar Power just feels so timeless and and is so different to it. This is really, really hard, especially because Solar Power is one of my favourite songs on the album. Oh, Sam, I'm just saying words because I can't come up with an idea. <laughs> it's um, hard. Now you've spun me. I thought I knew where I was is, going. I, I think I'm... You know what? I'm actually just going to have to give it to S Club 7 for this. It just is standing... It's just standing up for me. It's standing up. S Club 7. <laughs> okay. I get, I get where you're going with it. I'm struggling with it too. The only thing that I feel... Um, is changing it a bit for me. I feel like Bring It All Back is just an instantaneous hit of serotonin. Mm. Whereas I think Solar Power more masterfully harnesses that serotonin and waits until the perfect moment until it just lets it free, you know? Which that ending to it is so euphoric. Um, So I am going to go Solar Power, but I do think Bring It All Back is a perfect pop song. 
and perfectly captures the naivety of that time. And God, I wish we had somebody doing that right now. You know? I know. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just... You've actually just sparked something in me about that era that it really has been unmatched. It yeah. really has not been touched again because it was that perfect mix of euphoria, instant serotonin, mixed with genuine authenticity. Yeah. Um, that just doesn't feel like it's been... And it may come again. Since. Like, it is it is happening a little more this year where we're getting silly pop songs that don't have to mean anything. We're seeing it with, like, I'm Good with BB Rexar. Renaissance yeah. is all just, like, about enjoying yourself, living your best life, you know. So maybe it'll come back. Maybe we'll bring But there's an element back. of derivative... With both of those, there's an element of... I don't want to say, like, it's derivative because it's inspired more than it's derivative. But, yeah, it, that felt like a very unique and, and fresh, you know, angle on it all. Um, In terms of the yeah. sound of Vest Club 7. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I agree with you, uh, actually. You know, and you even even listen to things like, um, like, Five, Keep On Moving, and it's like, we haven't done that. Again. Yeah, we haven't. We haven't. What's funny is again. when I went because I did this last year, the beachside optimism research, um, for an article about solar power, mm. and to me, it, this sound was so ingrained in my head as if it defined a whole era. But I really struggled to find more than like twenty popular songs that had this vibe. Yeah. But it felt so. Um, monumental to me at the time it's it's crazy how like such a little sample can define a moment moving on oh i'm going solar power did i say that yeah i got the vibe you're going solar power yeah okay all right i got the feeling next one stoned at the nail salon versus viva forever by the spice girls oh this is really hard is Viva Forever not, um, again, I don't want to use the word underrated too often, but it feels like it's a bit of a sort of like it fan is favorite cult classic, right? Yeah. yeah. And it is an excellent song. Yeah. Stone at the Stone at the Nail Salon. I mean, that is just like the most beautiful, summery, ridiculous, you know, escapist kind of track on this record for me. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just got, it's 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 got that timelessness that this album has so much of, um, but it still keeps it up tempo. Viva and it's so hard with Viva Forever because it's like it just didn't it doesn't I don't know it's again a really difficult one but I, I'm gonna go <laughs> I'm gonna go Lord based on based on nothing but the sort of almost timelessness of that track in particular. Yeah, A Stone at the Nail Salon is to me the best song on the album. I think it's the one that perfectly does what the whole album wants to do in terms of creating that mood of relaxation and of escapism but not really being able to completely leave behind what else is going on and i love how when her mind wanders into these really intense thoughts in stone at the nail salon she's just like I don't know, maybe I'm just stoned at the nail salon, you know? Like, there's no answer, there's no closure, no conclusion. It's just, like, we're going to waft away in our in our stoned haze once more, which I think is that kind of That word maybe is so important in that song, isn't it? It's, yeah, you know, exactly. It's and like I, think I could we have had a really important thought with, here. Yeah, and I think we talked about it too in 1975 where it's, like, it's fine to leave things open-ended. It's pop music, it's not... It's not like a, a scientific thesis or anything like that. 
Yeah. Um, but Viva Forever, I feel like, is one of the saddest pop songs ever. Mm. It's just, they create such a beautiful vibe on it. And it really shows what the Spice Girls were able to do with a ballad that I don't think many, many or if any girl groups have been able to do since. Yeah. And I'm so torn because I love Stoned at the Nail Salon, but I just feel like I would be um <laughs> I would be going against my younger self by not choosing Viva Forever. So I'm gonna go Viva yeah. Forever. Wow. Okay. I back you I back you in this. I'm so we're one we're, we're one Lord H at this point. Cool. Next is Mood Ring. Versus Torn by Natalie and Brulina. Ah! Oh, this is the hardest song game I think we've ever done. It's very difficult. <laughs> All we wanted to do was be sitting at the beach. Yeah, I, we should have done this live from the beach. We should have done that this. That would have been beach. lovely for you, not so nice for me. In no, it would have been awful for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At bloody um, New York Beach, which is trash anyway. <laughs> actually, to be fair, it's only 14 degrees here right now as well, and it's breezy. There's a sheep grazier warning for high okay. winds. So, so we wouldn't have liked for both the beach. Of us, I guess. Yeah, it wouldn't have been great for either of us, really. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about Mood Ring for a second. I mean, one of the greatest sort of takedowns almost of these like crystal hippie types that all, all seem to morph into anti-vaxxers during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, and But also almost a self-awareness of, like, her coming across as that at points in this record as well. Yeah. Um, so I love that about Mood Ring. I think it's an extremely aware song. Um, but Torn is a, a stone-cold classic, and I think I think it's just going to have to be Natalie Imbruglia on this one. Yeah, it's hard it to hasn't go past old. it, isn't it? It's hard to go past it because it's as classic. As much as I like Mood Ring, the thing that up annoyed me about Mood Ring a little is I remember when it came out and I didn't really pay much attention to the lyrics. I thought the melody was like absolutely brilliant and I was addicted to it. I thought it was such a good song. And then yep. Lord came out and I think just put her foot in it with this really long-winded statement about how it was a parody and how she wasn't actually. And I'm like, show, don't tell, you know? Like, I th- yeah. feel like Lord does this way too often where she gives too much explanation. And then it started to annoy people because they were like, she's, you know, she's trying to be all highbrow and like, she's she's trying to make this song more than it actually is when it was actually just a good song. She shouldn't have said anything. That's, I agree. that's a side note. Yeah. Um, Torn by Natalie and Brulia is one of the greatest pop songs of all time. So it's impossible to compete with it, but I had to put it in here because Natalie was a big influence to Lord on this album. Yeah. Um, but absolute classic. I've got to go Torn. She's about to have another moment in the sun in Brooks as well. She's back in Australia. She's hosting the Arias with Lewis Capaldi in a couple of weeks as well. Our in big music Brooks. awards ceremony in Brooks. Yeah, you can give her a name. She's from my part of the world. She's from the Central Coast. So, I, you know, it's like I know her. Um, she's one of my girls. <laughs> I wonder right, why she took off in the to song. the UK. Yeah, you know, I know that was a little Everyone at the local time. shops. G'day in Brooks. Song's in doing Brooks. well. I can tell you what street she's from. She's from a street called Wombat Street in in a suburb called Berkeley Vale. There you go. You're welcome. That says all about Australia that you need to know, really, doesn't it? (laughs) 
Final one is Secrets from a Girl. You can take him if you want him. He's a Versus With You by Jessica Simpson. Ah, oh, I love Secrets from a Girl is such a special song on this album. Yeah. Um, you know, and I love the fact that she literally she wanted to talk to the girl in ribs and say it's gonna be okay. Yeah. So to connect back to that song, she literally reverses two of the chords in ribs to create the yeah. structure of Secrets from a Girl. And I just think from her and Jack that that's just such a special way of being self-referential, a really yeah. authentic way of being self-referential and, and straight to the point and doing a song for you and doing a song for her. Yeah. Um, I actually, give me one second, because I actually have to remind myself what With You sounds like. I think I know. Oh my God, you'll know straight away. Here we go. Ah. Got you. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, <laughs> I feel out. based off that. <laughs> you might be going <laughs> secrets from a girl. <laughs> Only because it was fresh in my mind. Um, you know, Jessica Simpson was one of, I say was like she's dead. One of the great personality <laughs> pop stars. Like, so many songs with so much so much of her in them. And she's, yeah. she felt like such a unique property. Um, I I think I'll have to go Secrets from a Girl, though. I just, I think it's, it's a really poignant moment. And a good... I, I, I'm glad that in the... I'm making no sense, so I'm going to start the sentence again. I'm glad that on an album where she's almost trying to come to terms with what life has been and all of these moments that she's had and also missed, yeah. talking to the girl that was there when it was all unaffected, yeah. I think is a really special thing and a, a really important moment that I think brings the, brings the record together for me. So yeah, I'm going to go Secrets from a Girl. Yeah, Secrets from a Girl should have had a much bigger moment than it does. Yeah. I could even see this being the lead single, to be honest. Because it's wow. it's just so, so good. Um, and captures the sound that she talks about of the beachside optimism kind of vibe so expertly. Um yeah. it's naive but also very intelligent, as you say, and like speaks to her younger self in in the best way. Um than oh god, I've lost my words. Speaks to her younger self better than she does at any other point in the album. There we go. <laughs> Bang. Got it. <laughs> With you, I'm not sure we could read into as much um, nah. lyrically. I think it was uh, came out while she was on Newlyweds with Nick Lachey. <laughs> but it's still a song that stands up for me. It's just like a feather light pop song that just washes straight over you. And um, it's pretty hard to criticise or be annoyed by Um but I definitely have to go Secrets from a Girl with this one. Yep. So I think that gives two for Lord and two for the randoms. Great. And we end on an agreeable moment. Handshake emoji. Handshake. No <laughs> fighting. Gosh, we're having a very agreeable week this week. Lord did this. She made us agree. After many weeks of disagreements, we're back on the same page. Do you think um... we disagreed on melodrama though? I think you came around to melodrama. I think it came around to melodrama. I've probably had three different opinions on melodrama because apparently that's what I do. <laughs> Flop stars. How do you how do you stat them up? Like, what 
if you've got the two records staring at you and you've got to pick one to put on, not based on what's better, just based on what you want to hear, what are you choosing? No, well, I've got to be in two different moods to decide that. Okay, well, just today. Today? Yeah. Today, probably melodrama because I listened to Solar Power yesterday. Okay, fair. (laughs) (laughs) That was a great question and a great answer. (laughs) What about you? (laughs) Well, I think melodrama is just one of my absolute favourites, but there are so many moments where I would choose this record over melodrama, um, depending on the mood, obviously. I just feel like Solar Power is about to have its renaissance in a way. And I think the critical mood around it is going to change. And I think the problem is when you have a record like Melodrama, um, number one in the US, nominated for a Grammy for Album of the Year, almost universally agreed to be one of the most profound and impactful pop records of our generation. When you release a record, one, that's a complete left turn, two that doesn't do as well commercially there's some tall poppy syndrome that goes on in terms of you can be plucked down quite easily and i think that's what happened with lord i think she was plucked down far more than she needed to be i don't think solar power is as good as melodrama but i do not think it's like a six out of ten as compared to a nine out of ten you know yeah people just love to tear somebody down a lot further when they've been up on such a high pedestal yeah, you're right. I think when um, when records are made for a mood and when records are made for a purpose of bringing someone almost out of a mood, it is very hard to compare them um, yeah. and, and to put them side by side. Um, I also just have some very important breaking news regarding someone we just spoke about. Uh, Natalie Imbruglia will now be hosting the Arias on her own. Lewis Capaldi has pulled out of hosting <laughs> the Arias. Um, so Imbrugs will be up there. Imbrugs will do a great job by herself. I'm She'll be sure. absolutely fine. Um, where do we go from here? I mean, what do we need to well, talk about? Let's talk about Jack Antonoff, I think, because yeah, this is where the criticism really started to swell about his production. Um, obviously, he'd done a bit of folklore and a bit of Evermore the year before. And I think he'd done the Claro album as well prior to this one. And people had criticisms about how minimal that was. And then obviously Solar Power comes and it's extremely minimal. Um, A lot of his like trademark guitar sounds. And people kind of start to blame Antonoff for this album not being what they want. Which to me is just wild. Because... It's, I think Lord had touched on it already where she said that she made the album she wanted to make and yes, Jack was there and helped, but at no point was he bullying her into making any of the decisions or dictating the sound. Where do you sit on his involvement in this record? And I think, there, I, I, well, I think there was also a pretty gross and almost misogynistic kind of conversation being had around Jack's involvement in the record as well. There was, you know, there was conversation around whether they were, you know, in a relationship whilst they were making yeah, the record as well. Yeah, I forgot about that. Were, it was just this bizarre gossip that yeah. sort of took off even in fan, in fan land. And, you know, this happens still and, and so regularly that, you know, it's believed that women aren't strong enough in the music industry to sort of push back on what male producers think should be the way. And yeah. 
she made it pretty clear the whole way through that this is her album that Jack is helping her facilitate. And that's what yeah. it is quite regularly. I mean, Lana's another, another example of that. Yeah. Um, and the I conversation think, came up about Midnight's too. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, and, and I think we, Jack's incredible, but we almost give him too much credit in that space. We almost give him too much, you know, power in the conversation yeah. about how he involves himself in female pop albums. Um, when to me, this is just a collaboration between two musicians who understand the human condition. And I think Jack's incredible at understanding the human condition and understanding the nuances of that human condition in different people and how to bring yeah. out the best in them. To me, it's like a producer is like a toolkit and I'm going to go to that toolkit and grab a hammer out of it and use that and use all the tools that the toolkit has until I want to make something different that it doesn't have. And then I might go to like an electric saw or something, you know, like saying that the hammer is going to pick me up and use me to make it is ridiculous. So... I don't. I'm. I'm a bit confused with the. That was astonishing. That, that was an astonishing <laughs> anecdote. But you know what I mean. Like it's not. He's not in the driving seat. So why no. criticize him? If you don't like the record, criticize Lord. It's her record. And I understand yeah. there's a criticism to be made that maybe people might want to hear Lord go to a new producer and push herself a little further because I think a producer can be a good sounding board too to make you think about different musical horizons, but they're certainly yep. not going to, unless you're working with like, what's that murderer, the creepy one, Phil Spector or whatever. They're not going yeah. <laughs> to, they're not going to push you in a direction you don't want to go in, you know? Exactly. And I think there's almost, if there's any criticism of Jack on this album, it's that it's not, it's, it's not tight enough. And he, he, he didn't bring it together tight enough. You know, it's, yeah. you know, it, it's such a Lord's allowed, if the producer is there to create some kind of cohesive body of work and, you know, add a bit more oomph to it, then that didn't happen. But he's there to facilitate what Lord wanted to do. And that was not necessarily make big bombastic pop songs for 12 tracks yeah. straight. Um, I think as well, can we also give Malay his flowers on this? I think the way that Malay plays instruments on this record, I think yeah. particularly like the man with the axe, as much as I took the piss out of it and I don't think it's a very, I don't think it's a particularly good song because it's not meant to be a song. It's a poem with some chords over it. I think what he's done with building those chords over it is just absolute magic. And I think where Malay is involved in this album is really special. And um, he definitely, I think, takes it to almost to another level um, and always does. Yeah, so and he did the same thing on Melodrama as well. Just popped his head in at a few points. Yeah. Yeah, He's yeah a very one. cool. Very cool. Um, have you got a game for me? Got a game for you. Flop Stars. See, we touched on a couple of the influences of this album earlier, but I have collated a list of influences of solar power that she's mentioned and she mentioned a lot of them and then i've also added in some ones that are absolutely not influences or at least she has not mentioned that they're influences they potentially could be but she hasn't mentioned them as being influences i need you to guess whether they actually were an influence or not in the influence game if you're ready okay got it all right got it let's let's start with annie lennox and eurythmics were eurythmics an influence on any aspect of solar power no surely not Lord says that Secrets from a Girl is Eurythmics meets another artist who is in really? the song, who is in this game somewhere here. Yep, Secrets from a Girl is Eurythmics meets insert oh my God, artist she's here. Wrong. So one wrong from you. 
Well, um, I think Lord's wrong, not me. <laughs> Second act is Kesha. Was Kesha an influence? Should we talked a lot about how this naughty's pop music influenced this record? Did Kesha influence? No, I don't think so. You're correct. Kesha did not influence Solar Power as far as we know. <laughs> Crosby, Stills and Nash. Did Crosby, Stills and Nash influence? Oh. Yeah, I feel like that's a reference that Jack Antonoff will bring to the table. And Lord, she brought it to the table as well on Leader of a New Regime and across multiple other tracks on the album. They both brought Crosby, Stills and Nash to the table. Um, the, my only knowledge of Crosby, Stills and Nash is I watched them in that Woodstock documentary. That's all I know. <laughs> I haven't even seen that, so. <laughs> <laughs> One wrong, two correct so far. Kendrick. Okay. Was Kendrick an influence on Solar no. Power? Kendrick was not an influence on Solar Power, no. I only came up with that because of the saviour thing on the part. Um, <laughs> well, maybe he was with that. No, he did it later. Yeah. Did Lord reference herself as an influence on this album? Yes. I think she would have. That's correct. Yes, she does. And she also yeah. even even almost sampled herself, um, interpolated herself in Secrets from a Girl as well. Next artist, is Robin an influence? Yes, because she's on Secrets from a Girl. That is correct. And the whole idea was that it was Eurythmics meets Robin on Secrets oh, from a Girl. Oh, okay. Well, that she is was not the, other the sound you get from that song at Neither all, but... did I think that. E- I did not <laughs> think that either. There are, and I won't lie, there are a lot of influences on this album that I absolutely do not hear. I do not hear rock DJ in Solar Power. I hear George I do Michael's to an face. Extent. I do to an extent with the lyrics. That they're a Mildly. little silly. Yeah, true. They're a little bit silly. That's the only, that's the only connection I can make. Do you hear... Because personally, I hear Faith by George Michael more. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And, and Primal Scream. Yeah. And Primal Scream. Yeah. Good yeah. point. Um, cool. Yep. Robin is an influence. Is Mandy Moore an influence? She should be, but I don't think she is. <laughs> That's correct. She was not referenced as an influence on this album. What about <laughs> Huey Lewis and the News? Were Huey Lewis and the News an influence? No, and I reckon you've heard that on one of your like stations there this morning. <laughs> That's not even Is wrong. that correct? They played on Triple M this morning. Yes, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I also remember the last time I brought up Huey Lewis and the News, you had no idea who they were. So that was almost a test. Well, I'm learning now. He's now learning. I'm you. You're learning your you. niche 80s, not niche, but, um, you know, unique 80s acts. And the final <laughs> one was Atomic Kitten, an influence. <sighs> Maybe they were. Yeah. About Spice yeah. Girls. Hold Atomic, again. Kid- Atomic Kitten were not referenced. Oh, freak. <laughs> <laughs> Three off. Bang. Gotcha. That is the influence game. You're welcome. Thank you. I enjoyed that. My game's got a similar vibe. Not really got a similar vibe, but should we just throw straight into it? Because we've waffled. We've oceanic feelings this podcast. Holy shit, we're 46 minutes in? Yeah. That happened quickly. We've done a lot of chatting. Fuck me. All right, let's do it. My game's called Has Lord Really Seen It All? Flop stars. So I'm going to name a place or a um a landmark and you okay. have to tell me where the Lord has been there. Now I only know Whoa. so much because I obviously don't have access to her passport or immigration history. What are we going on? 
I've just Googled it, and if it doesn't come up with anything, she didn't go. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah, ready to go. Antarctica. Yes, I know she's been to Antarctica. I remember this. She went to Antarctica on a trip. Um, at, at some point, it may have been like a government thing. She's been to Antarctica, I know that. She has. Yes. You are correct. And she said it was a very naughty pop star thing to do and nobody needs to be a tourist there. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Machu Picchu. Has she been there? Oh, this feels very Lord to go to Machu Picchu. Um, where is Machu Picchu again? It's in South America, isn't it? Peru? Yes. Yes, correct. Great. Um, I reckon Lord's been to Machu Picchu. She has not been to Machu Picchu. Wow. Add that to the, to the bucket list for the future. <laughs> the Eiffel Tower. Has she seen the Eiffel Tower? Ooh, good point. Good question. I mean, I know she's seen the Louvre. Um, did she wander over to the Eiffel Tower as well, which is not too far away from memory? Did she enjoy a nice bottle of wine whilst a man heckled her to buy a, a sort of statue of the Eiffel Tower for an exorbitant amount of cash? Um, <laughs> as was my experience sitting under the Eiffel Tower. I reckon Lord has been to the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. That's correct. She has been to the Eiffel Tower. Great. What did she think Has Lord seen... Uh, I don't know. I'm not... I don't have that kind of information. She's not the kind of person who writes on Instagram, like, saw the Eiffel Tower. What a beautiful, <laughs> shining star. <laughs> um, has she been to Sydney's Good God Small Club? <laughs> Yes, she has. I remember this. I was not there, but I know you were there. That was her first Sydney show, wasn't it? That was her first Sydney show. I was not there, but Delta Goodrum was. <laughs> was she? <laughs> she was. Go Delta. Really ahead of the curve. Yeah, I remember that. Was that when she was over replacing Frank at Splendid? Did they do that at the same time? Or was this like before that or after it? Uh, I think it was before that. I don't think the Royals had really popped off yet. Yeah. For, for, for uh, reference for everyone, Good God Small Club, which morphed into about 15 other names before it closed, was um, an amazing small venue in Sydney that fit probably, what do you reckon, 100? So good. Yeah. 150? Tiny. Tiny. I remember we saw, my favourite gig I've ever been to in there was Sophie. You and I were at Sophie. Oh, and so that was unbelievable. Incredible. And yeah, um, i in there. Next one is Red Square, Moscow, Russia. Oh, interesting. From memory, there was some controversy around her doing a Russian show and she cancelled it. But I reckon she may have been there before that. Yeah, I'm going to say she's been there. That is correct. Yes. I don't know if she cancelled it. Oh, did she go ahead with it? She cancelled the Israel show, but she kept oh, the, the Russia Israel show. show. I remember the Israel yeah. cancellation situation. Yeah. Yep. Okay, yep, I'm good um, at this. County Cork in Ireland. Has she Ooh. been there? Feels very her to go to County Cork. Um, you know, black flowing dresses on a hill with shit weather. Um, I'm going to say she's been to County Cork in Ireland. She has not been to County Cork in ah. Ireland. However, she would love to go and trace some family lineage in County Clark, Cork. County Cork, Ireland. So she's got family lineage there. Yes. Okay. That's what I was thinking yes, of. The Lords you know? live there. I knew the um, family was there. Final one. Has she been to Jamaica? 
I, I believe she has been to Aruba, Jamaica. Oh, I want to take her to Bermuda, Bahama. Come on, pretty I don't mama. I think Aruba's in Jamaica. Um, I was just reading lyrics from Kokomo. Um, Jamaica. <laughs> we've been talking about how Jamaica creates, you know, creates an amazing vibe for music recently. I also recently found Have out we? apparently, apparently the best KFC in the world is also in Jamaica. That's according to Sam Smith. Um, like the chain, or they actually make their own. Yeah. They they make well they make their own in in the store. No, I understand that, but I'm <laughs> I'm aware how a KFC works. I've literally got one across the road. They don't like fry it all and then like pack it up and send it. No, it's all made I fresh understand. I understand that. I'm asking. <laughs> I'm asking if they said that it's good at the chain or whether they make good fried chicken in Jamaica. I think both. But specifically at KFC, they make good fried chicken. Okay. Do you understand That's a now? a long time to get there. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Where even are we? Are we still playing We're this at 52 minutes. Yeah, okay. it's up to you. You're meant to answer it. But you had oh, to bang Jamaica. on about KFC. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Lord's been to Jamaica. That's correct. She has been to Jamaica in the Perfect Places video, oh, which does not feature KFC. Sadly, it should. Maybe she didn't get the sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> Next. All right, give me your best and worst songs and a score, and then get out of here. All right, best and worst on the album. My best is definitely Stone at the Nail Salon. I say definitely. It's a pretty close one between that and Solar Power. Um, I just, I just love the way that this kind of brings together that that escapism that she's looking for a lot, on a lot of this record, giving her a moment to kind of breathe, um, but also bringing up some some bigger ideas and then throwing them into the wilderness with absolutely no closure. Um, so that's my favourite song. Least favourite, the man with the axe. I just can't be bothered with it, really. You've um, really nothing come wrong for with the it. man. No, I, today, I can, ten minutes earlier I said Malay was amazing you know this is one of malay's most incredible moments on the on the album you know the chords that he brings over this beautiful poem and you know it's Misogyny. nothing wrong with it just don't need it i just don't need it um out of 10 i'm gonna give it a seven there's some really special moments on it but there's a lot of fluff at points and there are a lot of there are a few songs that i would skip so it gets a seven from me it's definitely better than what i first thought it was going to be okay all right that's fair i'll take <laughs> that from you my favourite songs are Fallen Fruit, Secrets from a Girl, Stone at the Nail Salon, and um, Mood Ring. Once again, and give me one. maybe even Dominoes, if you get me on it. One. Yes. Um, okay, Secrets from a Girl. Okay. Oh, maybe The Path. I didn't even oh, say no. that. Oh, The Path. Yeah, okay, no, good. Secrets from a Girl. Let's go okay. with that. Um, my least song on it is um, Big Star, actually. Really? It's my least favourite song on it. Yeah. And I would give it an 8 out of 10. Okay. That's respectable. What's wrong with Big yeah. Star? It's a very special song. About... I like the whole album, but I it was between that and The Man with the Axe. And That's fair. I, the Man with the Axe just has a few more moments that I like than Big Star. I thought you were Man with the Axe stan through and through from your comments about my thoughts. Well, I like the whole album, so I'm going to stand up for it, you know. Yeah, don't. That's a good point. You're only as strong as your weakest track. I'm going to bring them all along True. with me. 
You know what? I think pretty much all of the songs on this tr- on this album are seven out of tens. I think that's the thing. I think that's what's giving me a seven really? out of ten thing. And no, then maybe that's not true. maybe Stoned and Solar Power and maybe The Path go to like a nine, um, which would actually make it more of like a seven point two album. What about Secrets from roles. a Girl? And Secrets from a Girl, of course. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so that's four then. That so now we're pushing so now we're based on an average. You should an have eight. been like a seven point four. Yeah, but we generally don't do decimal points, do we? We generally just go with whole numbers or halves. Maybe I'll go up to a seven and a half. <laughs> we're nearly at an hour, so I think we're just going to cut I this. knew we'd disagree <laughs> at some point. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and rate us on Spotify. We love getting your feedback. Um, flick us albums that you want to hear at Flop Stars Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. We're going to be there. Um, and share this podcast with a friend who loves pop music. We'd really appreciate your, um, your support, and we love having you engage with the show every single week. Also, feel free to call us out on anything you disagree with. Um, that's always a bit of fun. Feedback's That's healthy. our favourite. Feedback's healthy. <laughs> See you next week with my pick. You know how we did Sam's pick of Lana Del Rey? Oh, my Del God, Rey. is that what it is next week? Next oh, week is Nick's pick. I'm going to cough. You <clears> will <throat> love this album. I'm sure of it. You've got to give it some time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that Nick next will week see you next Stars. week and I'll see you in a fortnight <laughs> <laughs> and for all your new music if you haven't heard it check out the pop in also on your feed right now bye bye, bye.